Welcome to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience dating, love, and relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach and attachment expert, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today I'm going to be talking all about the fear of rejection which is something that we all would have experience with at some point in our lives. Now, I think the first thing that I really want to say about the fear of rejection is to normalize that rejection happens to everyone at some point and it is perfectly normal and natural to be nervous about and to feel hurt by rejection if and when it happens in your life. We as humans are wired for connection and to seek belonging. And, you know, as much as we can talk about removing the need for external validation, that's probably something that you've seen bouncing around on Instagram and elsewhere in the personal development space. The reality is that we all require a level of external validation from time to time, and that's okay. And so rejection can feel really scary and upsetting and hurtful and even humiliating, embarrassing. These are perfectly normal emotional responses to a very normal experience, which is part of life. So rejection in and of itself and the fear of rejection in and of itself, I wouldn't say is cause for concern or alarm. With that being said, I think we could all agree that some people experience rejection in a more acute way than others and that if allowed to get out of control or without the tools to really manage and process that fear, it can have a really adverse impact on your life and your relationships and and really the way that you show up. So I'm hoping that in today's episode, we'll be able to unpack some of the layers that underpin a fear of rejection, um, some of which might resonate with you, um, and also give you some reframes and some tools to help you navigate those fears with a little more confidence um, and you know trust in your resilience and your capacity to experience rejection without the world crumbling and falling apart, because that can be how it feels sometimes. Um, when we don't have that strong base of you know, self-worth and trust in our capacity, then the fear of rejection can feel really, you know, crippling and debilitating. So the first thing that I want to speak about here is that in my experience, what I observe is that people who really struggle with a fear of rejection usually also experience a deep rejection of self, meaning They have pretty low self-esteem, low self-worth, and a lot of accompanying negative core beliefs about themselves. These core beliefs might be things like, I'm not good enough, or I'm unlovable, or there's something wrong with me, or nobody wants me. Um, Some of these really, you know, hurtful, harmful stories that we tell ourselves and that can sit very deep, either consciously or, or subconsciously, and those stories become the lens through which we interpret information and we interpret our experiences. 
So when we have this sort of fundamental rejection of self, this feeling that there is something wrong with us, that we are bad, that we are not good enough, that we are unlovable, then the idea of someone else rejecting us, we don't take that at face value. We don't take that, um, you know, factually to just mean that someone doesn't want us. We take it as evidence and confirmation of all of those very painful stories that we tell ourselves every day, right? That shape the way we move about the world. And so the idea of having those deepest, darkest fears and vulnerabilities confirmed by someone else's behavior, particularly when that someone else is someone that we care about, um, someone that we admire, someone that we love, that can feel very terrifying, right? And what that leads me to is that a fear of rejection is also often very closely linked with people-pleasing and those behaviors tend to go hand in hand, right? Because when we have this rejection of self um, and this fear that someone else's, you know, rejection of us, someone else not wanting us would confirm all those stories, the strategy that we often adopt is compulsive people-pleasing, right? It's that shape-shifting of just trying to embody, become, you know, put on whatever mask we would need to in order to be liked, to be chosen, to be included, to be accepted, approved of in any given circumstance. And while we often do that thinking that it's going to solve our problem of, you know, we don't like ourselves, we don't trust that we are lovable and so we we put on all of these different masks in different circumstances. We take on other people's points of view, um, other people's preferences. We self-sacrifice to extreme degrees. Um, and we think that doing so is going to earn us love and acceptance and approval and belonging. But ironically, often in an effort to get people to like us and thereby avoid rejection, we end up not liking ourselves and we really trade our authenticity and, you know, our values, our integrity. Uh, We trade that for some semblance of approval from others. And while that might work in the short term, at least insofar as it might um, allow us to avoid rejection in the short term, Ultimately, if and when rejection does happen, if someone, you know, doesn't want to be in a relationship with us or some other thing happens, you know, even in a work context, you know, if you didn't get the outcome that you wanted or you, you know, didn't get a promotion or you got fired or or something, because we've gone to such extreme lengths to get that approval, to get that love, to get that acceptance, then if it doesn't happen, we have raised the stakes so much right? Um, And we've abandoned ourselves to such an extreme degree uh, that the fall is so much greater and the rejection is so much more painful because not only has someone else rejected us, but, you know, we rejected ourselves so long ago and, you know, we gave up our authenticity. We gave up our values so long ago that we're left really empty handed And that can be gutting and that can feel very, very lonely and very, very dark. 
So while that people-pleasing tendency might seem like a short-term solution, it is very much a short-term solution and can come back to bite you. So what is the solution to all of that? I think that, you know, depending on where your fear of rejection comes from, you know, what other factors are at play will sort of determine what your path to, you know, processing and overcoming that looks like. Um, And, you know, I should say that the fear of rejection, while being a fairly universal experience, I do notice in my work, and obviously it's an area I specialize in, that people with anxious attachment tendencies do tend to really fear rejection in a very acute way. But I think that, you know, the, the umbrella solution, and this will apply to anyone, is to work on those underlying beliefs, right? And to work on this part of you that is terrified of rejection because rejection constitutes confirmation of your own lack of, of self-love, lack of self-acceptance, lack of self-compassion. I think that if we can actually pivot our focus from trying to get other people to like us compulsively to, you know, how can I become a person that I genuinely like and respect, right? Can I get clear on who I am, what my values are, what kind of person I want to show up as in my life, whether that's in relationships or at work, or just as I'm walking down the street, what kind of values do I want to espouse? What do I want to be embodying? And being so steadfastly committed to, you know, showing up with integrity, showing up in alignment with those values. Because when you really commit to that process of, you know, self-discovery and, living from a place of integrity and fostering that relationship of self-respect, then rejection while painful is nowhere near as terrifying as it is when you don't have that foundation of, yeah, well, ultimately I'm, I'm okay with who I am. So if you don't want me, that might hurt, but it's not going to destroy my whole world, right? It's not the only thing I've got going for me is your approval. So if I don't have that, then everything comes crashing down. You know, if we have this strong foundation of, you know, it doesn't even have to be self-love. I think self-love as a term is A, overused, B, abstract, and C, for a lot of people who are struggling with with all of this stuff, self-love just feels so far away and so out of reach that it's actually maybe unhelpful. Uh, so I think that if we can focus instead on you know self-respect and just liking yourself as a starting point, letting that become the goal, and then trusting that from that place, rejection isn't going to be so terrifying. One final thing that I want to say on this, and this goes for the fear of rejection, but the fear of anything, right? The fear of abandonment, the fear of looking stupid, the fear of failure, is that sometimes the fear, in fact, more often than not, I would say, the fear of the thing is way more painful than the experience itself. What do I mean by that? So like the fear of failure 
causes us so much more pain than failing actually would, right? And it takes up so much space in our life, so much time and energy in our lives trying to work around this fear, trying to avoid having to experience the thing that we're afraid of. And yet, again, ironically, like our whole life becomes about that in our effort to avoid it. And so the fear becomes this almost self-fulfilling prophecy, right? The fear of rejection prevents us from experiencing the love and connection we crave because that fear leads us to protect ourselves, to contract, to shield ourselves. And in so doing, it inhibits our vulnerability. The fear of failure leads you to not try. And so you don't actually experience the success that you might if you learned to be with that fear in a healthier way. So just reflecting on like, what is my relationship with fear? And rather than trying to construct my life in a way that I can opt out of the vulnerability of fear and the possibility of the things I fear ever coming to fruition, is there a way for me to change my relationship to fear and acknowledge that, you know, the fear might be there but I trust in my ability to hold it and I trust in my ability to, you know, experience the things that I fear if they are to come to pass, that I will be okay and I trust in my own resilience. So that's just sort of one to sit with and reflect on is like where am I letting fear of something get in the way of the life that I want to lead and query whether that fear is actually keeping you safe or keeping you small, as I think is often the case. So I hope that this has been helpful. As always, um, so appreciative for you joining me. Please leave a five-star review if you've enjoyed this episode. Uh, It helps a lot to get the word out. Um, Send it to someone in your life that you think might find it useful. Otherwise, thank you for being here and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.